Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, MassCast listeners, to MassCast number 12, where we'll be talking about episode number 10, The Death from the Sky, on the Mass Cartoon. My name is Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the Fire Marshal Bill, to my homie the clown. Can we Wyatt, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> I love in the color. Yes, that was an awesome, awesome comedy. I wish it would have lasted longer. So do I. But nonetheless, we are excited to start another episode. We have episode 12 lined up. But first, we have a couple announcements. Yes, we have a fresh look on our blog. Um, I've been wanting to kind of make it a little cleaner, make it a little more... Um, user-friendly, I guess you would say. So we're inviting everybody to head on over to the blog. Still the same web address, Mobile Armor and Strike Command movie.blogspot.com, and check it out, play around with it. We're posting uh, this week's episode will be available on the homepage in a little video, and the poll is right below it. And there's tons of other stuff that you can check out. Um, all of our posts have been kind of categorized at the top, and you got links to MassCast, and you got links to some other pages, our giveaways page and collectibles page, where you can look at the eBay listings and such. So we invite everybody to check it out and give us some feedback on if you like it, if you don't like it, if you want the old one back. <laughs> we'll take any kind of comments at this point. Right. We're, we're trying to streamline it a little bit better uh, make it more organized but uh, of course you know this is also for our fans you know we want to one get the word out about a movie of course about mask but also we want to you know make it about the fans because we without the fans the movie really probably won't be made <laughs> so. that's true and we want to communicate too that we're serious about this that you know we want the website to kind of reflect how we feel and how we want to get this movie made. Right. And then uh, one other quick announcement. We want to invite everybody back in two weeks. We are going to do a special episode of MassCast. Um, number 13 will be an overall review kind of up to this point. We're going to kind of overview episodes 1 through 10, and we'll include Wyatt and I's ratings and our favorites. We'll, you know, for the blog poll, we're going to put all 10 episodes up there and you'll be able to choose multiple ones to vote for as your favorites through the first 10. And we'll take a look back on all the poll results from the fans and your comments and it'll be fun. It'll be like kind of a wrap up and, and kind of a glimpse of what we've been doing so far. So we'll hopefully get some more people to, to listen at that point and kind of move forward and listen to you know, episodes 11 through 20. So, are you ready to talk about episode 10, The Death from the Sky? I am ready to start. 
the mass cast. Peaceful Nations Alliance Flight 24, your presidential jet is clear for takeoff. Oslo control to Flight 24. Have a safe flight. Come back to Norway soon. Thank you. So... We begin this week's story with a, an airport scene from Norway in which a president's plane is just casually taking off. And then as one of the tower controllers observes his radar screen, he sees the plane. Then all of a sudden he see, starts seeing it going down. So a fellow aircraft controller comes up and attempts to reach the aircraft. They can't reach the aircraft through their radios. Then we see inside the plane, the pilots have completely lost control of the plane, as well as lost all the communications. So as we go a little further, we actually see that they are enveloped in this pink beam, which is being shot from Venom, who actually now has a big submarine, which I thought was pretty neat to have a big sub in the arsenal. We have Mask with the big, huge transport plane. Yeah, did you notice that it was actually the president of the PNA? It was his plane. Right, I did. I did notice that afterwards. Um, in fact, we kind of see that in, in this next little uh, segment. But yes, I did see that he was uh, the president of the Peaceful Nation Alliance. But and we see that in the next little segment that Venom is trying to send a message to the Peaceful Nations Alliance to cease their cause. <laughs> We've lost the left wing! What? what Must be a nightmare. I do not believe this. Believe it or not, it's real, Mr. President. This has only been a small demonstration of my power. Who are you? Miles has Vanessa begin shooting the plane down, and Miles comes over the plane's radio telling the president that this was only a sample of his power. And he demands that... uh. They give him $25 million in gold to a bank account in Switzerland, or he's going to unleash some mayhem, so to speak, on these guys. One thing I did notice is that when Vanessa is communicating to Dagger about the, you know, I think it was like more power or whatever to the tractor beam, right. she had to use a walkie-talkie, which kind of bugged me because, you know, at this point we've been able to communicate just using the masks, but she needed a walkie-talkie. I think we see Miles do it again later in the episode. Yeah, we do. But anyway, so we're... Miles sets the plane on top of a hill and packs up the sub and they move on. Then we see it, the episode now fade in on Matt's mansion and inside Scott's arcade room, which you know, I noticed it the la uh, an episode or two before, but didn't think to comment on it. Of course, they're rich. We understand that. But it's kind of cool to see all the arcade games sitting in in this room for, for Scott. Yeah. It was like uh, an episode of Silver Spoons. Remember that show? Exactly. That's what I thought <laughs> of, actually. Or Richie Rich. Yeah. yeah. So they're playing in the rec room. with They're building this huge track with their race cars that were designed by Bruce, he says. 
And then uh, Scott tells T-Bob that Dusty gave him this high-performance race car fuel. And the cars start flying off the track. And one gets off the track and starts running down the hallway. And Scott has to chase it down. And Matt's in his, I guess, den area. And he's watching the news. He uh, quickly scoops up the car and tosses it into the trash can. And then he goes back to kind of watching the news there. And he hears the news say that somebody stole uh, an anti-gravity ray or something. And Matt kind of in passing says, oh, I wonder who would steal an anti-gravity ray, you know. Right. <laughs> like he didn't know it was Venom. <laughs> Reports of plane being Dad, drawn to Earth. Powerful unknown force are flooding the North Sea region. Great shot, Dad. This terrorist group warns that any nation failing to meet their demands will become a target for this new weapon. Now, who do we know who could steal an anti-gravity ray and use it for terrorism? Of course, Scott, then, he asks to help again. It seems like we're getting that almost every episode, right. which is fine. Matt suggests to uh, complete his own mission by stopping the race car before it, like, destroys the house. Right. So, T-Bob, he quickly transforms into the scooter, and then they go chasing after it. And then that's when we see Matt in the computer room. You know, they're analyzing the situation. They figure out that it is Miles' voice. Play back that emergency message from the Alliance and analyze the voice of the terrorist leader. Ready, Matt? This has only been a demonstration of my power. Program in progress. Confirmation. Miles Mayhem. Venom. Mm-hmm. All right. That means a mission. But not for you, Scott. Thank heavens! Danger makes my transistors ache! Right away, uh, Matt asked, asked the computer to scan the best files for the agents suitable for that mission. And we come up with Bruce and Alex with Rhino, and Honda with Firecracker, and then Gloria, who we later see ends up being the co-pilot or rider along with Matt. I like how Scott and T-Bob kind of snuck up on him at the computer when he was right before he called the agent. Yeah, that was kind of, you know, I see that actually as Scott's character. Um, yeah. Even yeah, in, that... our, in our in the, in our mindset of how we would like to see Scott in the movie, I see that as he's sneaking up because he's so eager, but he doesn't want to uh, let Dad know that he's there until he hears the mission. Oh, I'm right. ready to go. Let's go, Dad. <laughs> And I like the, uh, if everybody listened last week, I was a little unimpressed, I guess you would say, with all the agents calling up. And I think this week's sequence was a little better. I liked how Hondo shot that basketball pretty much the length of the court into the basket. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, but they need to get some new stuff for Gloria. I mean, it's always, she's in a car teaching somebody or she's in a race or something and she just leaves the car there, which I'm like... How is that going to help you get to where you're going faster? I, I never, I've never <laughs> exactly. That's something never understood that one. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, it was better this time. But back on the Venom side, we have Mayhem, of course, and Vanessa and Rax and Dagger. So we get the full Venom force up to this point. We head back to the Venom sub. We see the kind of Venom minions, I guess I call them, who are controlling the sub, and they reveal the plot here. It's pretty early on this time where mayhem shows the comet and he wants to get this uh power booster from the army 
to control this comet and threaten to destroy a city. Imagine the destructive force of a piece of that comet falling to Earth on any target I choose. That could smash a whole city. Bet they'd pay anything to keep that rock off their doorsteps. They will pay dearly. Once we capture the Army's new magnetic power booster, the increased power of our tractor beam will make that comet the most destructive weapon in history. And then we see Mask, you know, deliberating there, and they find out what's going on. Um, the next we see, you know, the masks are being put on, and the team rolls out. Have you noticed, like, I, I think I noticed this time when they do the mask room sequence where they get the masks, mm -hmm. there was only six, like, holders this time, just enough for everybody. And I think they've done eight before when, like, last week when there was everybody there. Right. They've kind of changed it up from week to week. In some weeks, I remember them pulling it down and there being some missing out of there. I agree, yeah. So they haven't been kind of consistent. But I do like the sequence where they reach up and they have that kind of bright light when they're pulling the mask off the thing. It gives it kind of that mystique. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm a little critical, but it, I mean, I can think that just pushes the limit because in, <laughs> in my mind, I see that that power source, whatever it is, charging up the mass. I just can't right. see them charging up, you know, the team members. It's more for effect on... I'm, I'm sure it is. And I don't, you know, when we, when we do our ratings, I don't affect... That doesn't affect it by any means. So they uh, assessed all the areas where the attacks were. They determined they're all in the North Sea, so they roll out. Um, I liked how they show them the vehicles coming out of Boulder Hill this time. I don't know if we've seen that before or not, but I like that sequence where it's kind of a side view. You kind of see all of Boulder Hill, and then they're coming out of the the uh, garage area there. Um, and they get a shot of basically all the masked drivers, and they head to the P&A jet where it landed, and they're there to check the hull and scan it for clues i guess and while they're doing that alex picks up a distress call from a cargo plane mm -hmm. and matt says well let's go pay them a surprise visit to uh this cargo plane they're i guess i can't remember if they were able to track it or or whatever uh what alex is there but so venom is using their beam to pull in this plane mayhem he calls in for more power um, you see the box that's inside the plane, which is this power booster, and then Dagger pulls up a visual of a, they get a warning signal, he pulls up the visual and they see masks coming down the road. What's the problem? Our automatic defense system just activated. I'm switching to visual. We've got company. Mask. Give them a warm welcome. Well, Vanessa and I get the power booster. So, Mayhem, he's... Uh, he, in essence, tells Dagger to handle Mask while he and Vanessa go for the power booster. Um, so Dagger, he pulls up this other gun that's on the, the uh, sub and shoots at the hillside above Thunderhawk. And I like the reaction of Matt and Gloria there. They were really surprised and they kind of yelled out loud. And uh, they drive like right through the guardrails off the cliff and they're Nose first, headed towards the ocean. Uh-oh. Whoa! Oh. 
quickly convert to jet mode and pull up before they reach the water. Right, and this is why I like Thunderhawk. Because if you're in a pinch, you can jam it into jet <laughs> mode and get the freak out of there. <laughs> but uh, So then the Master now put on Matt and Gloria as Venom engages in the battle. Dagger takes out another portion of the hillside, which sends rocks in, in the way of Rhino. But we have Alex being real quick to thinking, and he thwarts all these rocks coming at him by using the grill uh, battering ram. Then Bruce engages the stack guns and begins to shoot back at Jackhammer, which I thought was actually pretty cool to see. It was all quick action. Like, they were really on their game to give it right back to old Venom. I think Bruce even says, it's now our turn or something like that. Right. And then next we see Switchblade flying up to the transport plane with Vanessa hanging from a rope. I'm not that ballsy. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> no, she's hanging from this rope and um, here's something else I noticed uh, with this scene there's like a little cockpit roll down window on Switchblade that opens up so that the Viper Mask can shoot out without harming his windshield did you notice that? yeah that was really thought out I guess you would say um, right because before, Viper. because before that anytime they shoot out powers it's like you know nothing happens to the windshields yeah <laughs> Maybe they caught that from one of the before episodes or something. But So he uses Viper to melt a hole in the jet. And then Vanessa gets close. She uses the whip mask to pull out the power booster. Thunderhawk then approaches. And we have Mayhem telling Rax to kill the tractor beam on the plane. And the drama kind of builds there. Get Jackhammer back and close up. We've got the power booster. Let's drop this plane and get out of here. Still the anti-gravity beam. Will do. Got to save the plane. What about Venom? They'll have to wait. And Jackhammer, he heads back to the sub. He shoots the cliff again at Firecracker this time. And Hondo avoids the rocks, but has a near collision with Rhino right there. But uh, Bruce hops out real quick, and he uses Lifter to control this falling jet. Right, and this is where we actually get to see the limit of Lifter, which is kind of confusing where I think last week's episode where he was holding up this whole big, huge wind machine. And, you know, to me, I would think that's a lot heavier than the transport plane. But in any event, you know, we actually see the limit, at least of this mask, And it looks like it overheats on him as it begins to overload. And then next we're back at the sub and we see Venom running away, which was kind of confusing because it actually looked like they were holding their own in the battle. Yeah, but they got what they were there for. And they were off to the the bigger plot that they revealed. Right. So we're back to Bruce again. And he can't hold the plane any longer. And Alex kind of adds insult to injury that it'll burn up at, at any second. Can't hold it much longer. Plane slipping. Your mask will burn up any second. Honda, the glory. Get those crewmen out. Use the fireman's rescue. Fireman's rescue. You got it. Matt quickly directs that Gloria and Hondo get the crew out of the plane by using the fireman's rescue, which was pretty cool that they, you know, have their own 
naming scheme for rescues or tactics. And we see that this tactic actually displays Thunderhawk deploying depth charges into the water, which sends up this huge, big splash, really. Yeah. Then Firecracker, you know, rises up and shoots the freeze ray, which ends up creating a big, large uh, glacier that ends up capturing the plane. Matt has the crew evacuate while they tend to Bruce, who has just collapsed. And as they remove the lifter mask, he says that he's okay. Then just just as the crew is getting out, of course, the ice ice formation crumbles and sends the plane right into the sea. Yeah, and Matt adds that they've saved lives, but Venom got away. Right, and, and that, I was it was kind of disheartening the way he worded that. Like he was disappointed. Yeah, darn it, I saved lives, but yeah, Venom got away. I do like that. I didn't think about that. That you know they had to coin this term for this particular rescue that maybe they had you know trained for this before. Obviously, they did because they knew what Matt was talking about. Right. So gives an element of you know, that there was a training period or whatever that they've done that. But so Alex, after Venom gets away, Alex intercepts another transmission and it's mayhem. And it's his kind of uh, terrorist message really uh, about his plan to use the comet to destroy a major city because of the uncooperation from the PNA. Right. Matt tracks the comet in Rhino in, in range of the power booster. And Matt says that he needs the mask main computer to track the position. So he, they kind of cut back to the mansion. It's Scott and T-Bob. They're back playing with their track. And Matt calls T-Bob and uh, asks Scott to feed this data into the mask computer. Matt needs to know what the most likely coordinates are for the the site where they're using the, the power booster to control this. Uh, comet. The mass computer says it's a 99% probability that they're in Norway out of these like three or four different locations I think they give. And Matt tells them to plug in the coordinates to the guidance computers in each vehicle and they roll out. Speaking of dad. Scott, have the computer analyze the following problem. Locations in the northern hemisphere, which would give Venom a clear shot at the comet. Ready to transmit! Mount Hecla, Iceland, Oribro, Sweden, and the forests of Buka, Norway. Analysis. Given our current coordinates, what is the most likely Venom location to fire that tractor beam? The target is Van Alden Comet, within the hour. Distance to Iceland, prohibited for given time frame. Swedish location too far inland. Oh boy! 99% probability, location of Venom installation, Norway. All mask units, transmitting target coordinates to all guidance computers. We found them. All right, let's do it. And then we see Venom making final adjustments. Uh, mask is, of course, coming on the scene and begins to attack them, which I thought was actually kind of cool because they were attacking from all different directions. So it was like a big ambush on, on Venom. It was because I like how Rax is just kind of chilling up against the tractor beam there or whatever. Right. And he, he kind of looks at, what? <laughs> mask is coming. So then we have Rhino launching its large missile out of the cab launcher, is what I'm starting to call it, uh, which ends up toppling a tree onto Piranha and Jackhammer temporarily, 
you know, disabling those vehicles, Miles ends up firing his magnetic ray gun to at the comet, which ends up altering its course. It'll take more than your puny machines to stop me, Mask. Targeting Comet! I didn't understand, like, when Mask comes in, they, like, blow up that house. And I was trying to figure out, I went back and rewatched it a few times, that scene, to figure out what what, what it was. And I was, it kind of looked like it uncovered the, like, this satellite dish or something. So I, I still didn't understand why they blew up that house there at the beginning when they came onto the scene. Right. Did you catch that? I I caught it. I kind of took it more as, as, you know, it was kind of like a misfire. You know, they hit the wrong thing or, the, you know, just hit the wrong target by accident or something. I didn't think more, more of it. But now that you actually – we were talking it out, I understand. I'm like, okay, why did they knock it out? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just didn't get that. So Miles um, uh, is firing his magnetic ray, like I said. We see Thunderhawk buzz by – dagger while he shoots back with torch it must have been close enough to threaten thunderhawk so hondo uses firecrackers freeze guns again to take out the torch blast and then you know hondo adds a little signature to it and you know shoots him in the face <laughs> yeah that was awesome i'll cool your fire mister whoa my man and then vanessa she shoots the whip mask at the freeze cannons and kind of disables them or moves them out of the way. Rax jumps in the piranha sub and we see him going basically across the land this time. Right. And he shoots out the poor Hondo, man. He It seems like he wrecks Firecracker like every episode now. But uh, he shoots out his tires and he goes over the cliff and he's like hanging there on the side of the cliff up against this kind of embankment right and he's like hanging over the water um dagger's the one that gives the traditional mayhem line here another time mask which i didn't i still didn't get why venom retreated uh it seemed like they still had the upper hand but right uh you know jackhammer he leaves uh miles gives his line you know, if I can't have the power booster, no one will. Let's get out of here. If I can't have the power booster, no one will. And he tells uh, the Venom agents that he's directed the comet to crash on their site, where they are now, um, as Switchblade's leaving. Right. Then we cut back to Piranha, and he's back again with the motorcycle. Um, and then he shoots back into the water, leaving. And then we're back at what we're seeing Rhino pulling up as Firecracker begins to fall into the river. Bruce's mask is now obviously cooled down, so he uses lifter. <sighs> what? <laughs> I just... It didn't... They didn't explain it. They didn't explain that uh, I might be nitpicking, but <laughs> his mask was broken. He's on the side of the road like, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. But now all of a sudden, well... It's better again. Right. Uh, I just took it that, you know, it just needed a cool-down period, you know. So that's what <laughs> all I took at it. Um, 
But next we see Thunderhawk flying. You know, Matt tells Gloria to launch a sonic boom to take out the power booster. Gloria, launch the sonic bomb to stop that ray. Gotcha. This ends up overheating the power booster gun, then it explodes, which cuts off the ray, obviously, that allows the comet to go back on its original course, which I thought was, you know, granted this is a cartoon, it's near impossible anyway, but it was kind of weird to see the comet just hook a right turn and go right back to going wherever it was going. Yeah, it was, it was, I didn't have a problem with that too much. I mean, I was, you know, thinking of, of the, this uh, tractor beam is more like a magnet. Right. And if, you know, you release it, then the it might just you know skip off the atmosphere or something. But so it goes back into space, and then Mayhem uh, he <laughs> oh this this the ending to this episode just did not sit well with me. He gives the line, "At least I'll claim one prize," and he shoots his missiles at Firecracker. You know, poor Firecracker again, but it misses this time as Bruce has got control of it with Lifter, right. and he blows up his own freaking sub. <laughs> <sighs> and his poor minions left inside, I guess. Yep. And of course, uh, Miles finally makes his last statement, I guess. You've won this time, Mask, but next time, it'll be different. Next time. <laughs> Always next time. And then I liked how quietly and kind of like solemnly, Matt just says, one day, I'll get him. Someday, Venom, I'll get you. That was like the first time that we've got Matt almost having the last word uh, over uh, Miles, and he kind of shoots right back at him, you know? Right. I'll get you someday, Venom, or whatever he says. Right, and it's kind of funny that it's building up. You know, the more, I think last week he even said something about Venom, and now it's getting, it's like it's escalating. It's like, I'm having enough of you, Miles. It's time to take you out. (laughs) But, um... But anyway, you know, we've got Firecracker. It seems to be quite damaged, and the team is telling this to Scott, as it looks like Scott has been hearing everything all along. And, uh, you know, Scott says that Hondo can use one of his supercars in the meantime. And then uh, Scott flips to show the car, which ends up, we see, chasing T-Bob around. But he says that he modified Bruce's design, which he can't figure out how to get the car to stop now and of course the end episode ends up with a little laugh and that moves us on into the psa right and the video i posted actually did not include the psa with it i about had a cow i was like what where's the psa but uh i went over to another video on youtube and on the uh back to the 80s again account and it had the ep- the uh it had the psa there which is Buddy working on Firecracker, like the wheel or tire or something. Matt pulls up in Thunderhawk with Scott, and Scott asks about his uh, bike, and Buddy ends up telling him that there's a right side of the road and a wrong side of the road to ride your bike, and you always want to ride with traffic so they can see you. And that was about it for the episode. It was a kind of a transition there from the end of the show to the PSA with buddy working on firecracker which i thought was that was good yeah but the psa really 
didn't really incorporate anything else. Right. So what was your rating? Well, I was a little, little more critical this week. I ended up giving it a four. Um, oh, that's, oh, that's not critical. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a four because I, I had a little beef about them using a ra- uh, Venom using a radio when the masks should have radios in them in previous episodes anyway. Um, I'm tiring of how Gloria uh, responds to being called. You know, she just ditches a car. I'm sorry. I have a car. I'm racing there. <laughs> it's a lot faster than running. Um, and like you said here just a little bit ago, you know, what was that house used for? Um, like I said, I thought it was like a stray shot, but I also kind of wondered what else, why it was there in, in the first place. So uh, that's what I saw, and that's that's my rating. What did you give it? Well, it, it started out great, and I was on track to give it a four or five. Um, and just kind of building on what you were saying there about Gloria, why was she even in this mission? I mean, she didn't use her mask. Um, she dropped a couple of bombs on people, which Matt could have probably obviously done from <laughs> right. Thunderhawk. Right. And it was kind of, I'm noticing kind of through the episodes now that whenever Vanessa or Gloria has a major role, they always have the other girl on the other side, whether they use her or not, it seems like. Because this one, you know, had Vanessa, you know, going up on the rope to get the, um, the power booster out of the plane, but, and it just seemed like glory was there just because Vanessa was there. So I don't know. That just hasn't, I, I don't mind them, you know, using them both in the same episodes, but I would have liked a lot more with her. Um, I was set on, a, I got started out with a five. I thought it was a good plot. I kind of dropped it down to a four well, I I like the plot. It was kind of a worldwide show. I'm liking these that are kind of reaching out beyond the U.S. Right. That it's kind of you know worldwide. I like the limitations of the masks, how they showed that. That kind of gave it a more real kind of feeling to it. The creativity with that ice mountain that they built, the what they called the fireman's rescue. The nitpicky stuff, which kind of dropped it down to a four to start. It was I would have liked. Maybe one more scene with the PNA, and you know maybe Dwayne or the president telling Mayhem to shove off, you know after you know he did all that, and or just something to kind of connect the two things there. The mask room thing that's kind of nitpicky, you know we talked about that with there's sometimes there's six and sometimes there's eight holders for the to the thing. The one thing was like there was no mask playing this episode. I thought it would have been a good episode again to use it. I agree. They didn't use the the plane to go over to Norway, which obviously Boulder Hill is not in Europe, and they never show how the vehicles get over there. Right. So I would have liked to have some little kind of thing there. I ended up going with a three for the rating. I dropped it down one more just because the lifter thing at the end, see, I, I saw that as lifter was done. When his mask went out and the power was gone and Bruce is kind of, I'm okay, but... He's tired. I thought Lifter was done for the episode. I would have loved for them to kind of leave it as it was, you know, overheated or broken or whatever. But then he comes right back at the end to use it. I'm like, no, oh, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And he does it, you know. <laughs> and then 
the end where it's just kind of Venom retreating, it, basically just because Mask showed up. I didn't like that. I, you know, I would have liked some other reason for them to leave, rather than just, hey, Mask is here. We better uh, book it out of here before they get us. And in the meantime, I'll set a trap for the meteor to squash them as we're getting out of here. I don't know. That just didn't sit right. And then the one that got me was. Uh, Miles blowing up his own stupid sub. Um, I was just like, no, don't do it. <laughs> and of course, they're firing at, fire, at Firecracker, who's taking the most damage. And, and I guess they just wanted to, you know, put Hondo out of his misery and destroy the thing. <laughs> I can see why now he's got a new. I think he's the first one to get a new vehicle, isn't he? Yes, he is. And I, I, I think <laughs> I think this is what's leading up to it. Yeah, he just keeps. Be- <laughs> Why even call Hondo anymore, man? <laughs> he just keeps destroying the vehicle. So anyway, I left it at a three. Um, let's uh, let's talk about some tie-ins to the script. Uh, what did you pull away that uh, you see is in the script from this episode? I saw the comet streaking across the sky, which is part of our our uh, opening in the movie script. Not directly related to the plot of the of our movie, no. but. There is a meteor in there for a specific reason. Right. Um, we also have a flight scene uh, very similar to Thunderhawk where he's uh, kind of veering off or flying off a cliff and it nearly, you know, just narrowly avoids uh, being, like, destroyed. Uh, and then we have um, the way we use the Viper mask. I realize it's – we know what the Viper mask can do. But to me, it was a very similar similar use of the Viper mask in which we use it to uh, intentionally melt the wall in order to, you know, gain access to the to the building. Um, what did you see in it? Um, basically, just uh, noticing the the walkie talkies that they use that we use the masks more traditionally. They have more uh, uh, kind of standard abilities. Along with the special abilities that you know the the masks have, where they can communicate to each other, you know, directly through the masks and everything like that. Right. That was the only thing else I had to to add on that. The fans seem to have liked this episode. Um, so far, we've got ten votes. Four have voted for a five, and five had voted for a four. And of course, my one vote for a three. <laughs> <laughs> so you were that guy. I was that guy this time. So and then we have yeah, two yeah, we, comments this week. We have uh, Raggletag who says a pretty decent episode. I liked the part early on where Scott and T Bob sneak up on Matt and he's analyzing the voice sample, then spring up after it's confirmed as Venom. Also, some good bits of action in this one, like when Alex uses Rhino's battering ram to deflect the boulder, Bruce's lifter mask becoming too much for him to handle. Dagger getting his mask hit with Firecracker's freeze ray and Rax launching Piranha's sub on the mountain road and taking out Firecracker before dropping it into the water. A lot of neat little touches in this one. And thanks, uh, I guess his name is Tony. He left it there at the end. We haven't heard from him in a while, but appreciate that comment. And then Anna... She's back and says, uh, you probably think this is my favorite episode because I'm from Norway, but actually it's not among my absolute favorites, although I think this episode is okay. 
I'm very grateful that they chose not to represent Norwegians as idiots with some national costumes and weird accents like they did in the episode from Iceland a little later in the show. So she uh, thought that one was pretty good and a pretty good representation of her home country. So that actually brings us to the conclusion of the first 10 episodes. Like Jason said earlier, we're going to do a run-through of all 10 episodes in two weeks. We are going to be just, like you said, we're going to be looking through everything, seeing our ratings, the fans' ratings, and uh, highlighting comments uh, that you all have have given us. And uh, I don't know. I think a lot of our script is actually being revealed just by the similarities in these episodes. Yeah, well, it's good. I'm glad that we're kind of, as we go back through these episodes, we can kind of pull out the pieces that we've used in the script and tell everybody that, you know, this just wasn't a story we made up somewhere. It's, you know, a lot of elements from a lot of episodes, a lot of research we put into it. And, uh, you know, we feel like we did it right that we were true to the t- cartoon and true to the essence of Mask and then trying to bring it into the present day. So we'll get to talk about that a little bit more. We're, we're going to go through and uh, just briefly go over each episode. Uh, we'll give our ratings and you know we'll talk about your comments. We'll also talk about the other special Mask casts that we did on the Series 1 toys and then our couple episodes back when we had our special interview with Bill Ferries from MattTracker.com. Well, that actually wraps it up for this week. We hope that you have been enjoying our broadcasts. Uh, we also enjoy hearing all the comments and uh, the interactions we see on Facebook primarily. And we look forward to seeing you next time on MassCast. MassCast.